the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan Subscribe and Drive. No deposit, no compromise, no fuss. Find out more at nissan.ie. All right, uh, we will return to all that, but it's a pleasure to welcome back Sinead Ryan, who made a name for herself, not on the home show or not anywhere else in INM, but by nominating Glen Rowe as the best <laughs> TV show. Uh, of course, our royal correspondent. We want to talk to you about pensions because we've had a number of queries of, of first of all, the, the, the political debate of not ratcheting yeah. up the age of the eligibility of the old age pension to 67. But people are looking at... Um, oh, my income has collapsed. Should I stop my pension contribution? And then people are looking at, oh, stock exchange collapse. Uh, is my pension pot worth all its worth? So start where you like. OK, uh, well, I suppose the first thing to look at is the, the political angle. You know, as you mentioned, Fianna Fáil now demanded this non-extension of the pension age to 67. It was due to go up to 68 in a number of years time as well. So uh, that there was a big plan around that. And the reason there's a big plan around it is that like every other country in Europe that provides a pension for its elderly citizens, uh, there are not enough taxpayers to continue funding that in the long term. There just aren't. At the moment, there's about five working taxpayers, or at least there were before COVID-19 hit, for every pensioner. And that's fine. That's about sustainable because they have to pay for all the other stuff like the schools and the roads and everything as well. However, in about 30 years time, there will only be two taxpayers for every pensioner. In Italy, it's approaching one to one as a ratio. Now, that you don't have to even be leaving cert maths to be able to work out that that is just not going to happen. We're living longer, healthier lives, which is wonderful. And, and we should all support that. But there's a financial consequence in terms of the outlay. Uh, our pensions at the moment, uh, just in terms of the old age pension that we pay out, the contributory, non-contributory pension, Ivan, cost nearly eight billion euros a year. Now, that's up a whopping 90 percent in about 15 years uh, because the government is very, very conscious of the grey vote and it wants to make sure that people are above the poverty line and it has pegged state pensions to the average wage and and it tries to hit about 34, 35 percent of that. It's done it. It's done it really spectacularly well. But there's a trade off. And if you have everybody retiring at 66, you're adding the cost to that every year. There's 70 new pensioners every single day in Ireland. And while we love uh, having them and it's absolutely wonderful that they're there, the cost of that in the long term is very, very onerous. So that's the political thing around that. So I think Neil Martin is not doing himself any favours in terms of looking for that. It's an easy win. He'll probably get it. There's a big issue in the um, vote with the voters, though. I mean, yeah, like you wouldn't get many votes for what you're just after saying, but I know you're not in the votes business. Let's focus on the corona impact on pensions. If I stop contributing to my pension, what are the downside penalties? Okay, well, uh, look, a pension is a very long term instrument for most people. So unless you're retiring in the next year or two, uh, you you generally contribute to your pension and you can forget about it for 25 or 30 or 40 years. So it's a very easy, low hanging fruit if you're looking for ways to save money at the moment. So, you you know, if your job hours are down, you're not earning as much money. It's easy enough to say, you know what, I'll just stop paying into my pension. Now, okay, that's fine. It mightn't have the same immediate impact as not paying your mortgage or not paying your rent. 
But the issue is that it's really, really hard to go back to it because pension contributions are a bit like a habit. And a lot of the time they're done by our company. They're deducted out of our salary or if you're self-employed, you make your own contribution. So I would kind of advise people, listen, needs must. And if you have to do. But how about just reducing the contribution rather than cutting it out altogether? But is there a penalty? back no there what well there'll be a penalty in terms of the missed payments but if but but if you have 10 or 15 or 30 years to retirement that will balance out so if you're only re- reducing it say to say 50 euros a month or 100 euros a month for the next six months you will have time to catch up and you will have time to regroup okay so it's it's absolutely fine to do that i would talk to the broker or the pension provider before just summarily stopping the direct debit okay. because you know, obviously that will cause a different consequence. Okay, Sinead, markets go up and markets go down. And in the current environment, they're going down. I have two questions asking basically the same question. Tim asks, I worked for one of our banks from 1974 to 1990, 16 years. I paid into a pension. Am I entitled to receive the amount I originally paid in? And the similar question from Brendan is, would you ask your pension advisor to give an example of someone who has paid into a private pension and cashed in recently? How much was paid in? How much was it worth it? the end. In other words, are you guaranteed to get your money back? Okay, well, the the easy question, the easy answer is it depends what kind of pension you have. So most people now have what's called a defined contribution pension if they work for a company. Uh, The old defined benefit ones, which were the gold plated ones, the ones the civil servant have, which were kind of linked to your salary. They are kind of winding down. A lot of companies don't do them anymore because they're ferociously expensive. So defined contribution is not guaranteed. So you put in money over your working life, 30 years, and then you collect out whatever the fund is worth at the other end. However, there has never been a better investment than a long-term equity, ever, anywhere. Uh, and pension funds are very, very carefully managed. So they, they don't lump everything into, you know, Colombian futures or copper mines in Ecuador. They are heavily managed in terms of cash, bonds, gilts and equities so that there's a smoothing out of the effect. Now, at the moment, equity markets have taken a huge hit because of COVID-19. It's a temporary scenario. It did exactly the same in 2008 when there was the property crisis and indeed in every other crisis that we've ever had. There's never, ever been a time, Ivan, that they have not bounced back and more. And over the long term that a pension generally is, so it's not a three-year investment or a five-year investment, they have always returned more than has been put into them. Every okay. single time. Here's here's a good question for you, Brian from Galway. It's very specific. I'm a single 49-year-old. I was informed by my employer at the start of the year, prior to COVID, that I will be made redundant in January 2021. As I will be receiving a redundancy payment then, that's a lump sum, I decided to max out my pension contributions this year, 2020, and increase my AVCs to the maximum, i.e. 20% of my earnings this year. Should I continue on this path or reduce back to a more conservative approach? Okay. Um, well, Brian made a really good decision there. So he he had money coming out from from his job and he threw it into the ABC. That means he he absolutely maximised whatever tax relief that was available. And this is the very best thing about pensions in this country because there are huge tax incentives into putting money into a pension. Now, I would just say to Brian, the only 
issue he's going to have now is if he is not working, pensions, you, you can really only put in earned income. So, you know, it's not generally income that you'd get, say, from dividends or from a rental property or from deposits. It, it, to get the tax relief, you have to have earned the money to put it in. Now, that's fine because that's exactly what, what Brian did. But if he's not working now, he's not going to be able to contribute in the same way to a pension. So the best advice would be when he gets himself working again and up and running in whatever he chooses to do, that would be the time to start putting money back into a scheme. Now, maybe he'll join a company that has a different pension scheme. And that's absolutely fine because lots of people retire these days with three, four, five or more pensions because the days of, you know, the 40 years and collect the gold watch at the end in one place are kind of gone now. So anywhere there's a pension scheme that Brian can join, he should do that. In the meantime, he should find out his options, make sure that the money has been has been uh, invested, what's in it, uh, and and maybe just sit tight for the mm. moment until he's earning an income. Now, Moira, who's a grandmother in County Wicklow, asks, I'm concerned there will be less economic security in the years to come. So I'd like to start a pension fund for my three grandchildren who are all under six. Generous granny, you, Moira. Uh, <laughs> can you give me advice, please? I have 15,000 I could invest in a pension for them. So what she's looking is something that will be there for a long, long time, maybe 70 years. You know, if they're, if they're under six now, we'll say in 50 years time, what, what would be the best approach to that, to sort of lock away five grand each for them? Yeah, uh, that's that's terribly sweet. How generous of Moira. Well, listen, it won't be a pension, Moira, that you'll be doing that for because you, you in order to have a pension, it has to be in your own name, you have to be over 18 and you have to be putting your own income into it. So I wouldn't really be going down that route with grandchildren. So what you're really looking to do is save it somewhere else in a kind of an investment for them. Now, the post office uh, has uh, bonds that you can take out up to 10 years uh, and you won't get much of a return now anywhere that's dead safe at the moment, um, it has to be said. But if you want to put it by for them and give it to them that way, that's where I would start. Uh, alternatively, you could take the 5000 and put it in an investment policy, perhaps for them. And that's something you'd need to talk to a broker about, because it sounds to me like, you know, Maury would want something that's very safe, that's not going to lose money, that's going to be there maybe for a college fund for their children, or maybe a little bit later, a house deposit or something like that. So she's thinking very much in the long term. But on this occasion, a pension wouldn't be the investment for her. Now, you remember the song and dance and government press conferences about six out of ten private sector workers have no private prevention, uh, pension provision and therefore the auto-enrolment scheme was to be introduced. Has that been impacted by COVID or where are we standing on that timetable? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? I can now. Sorry, it disappeared there. Oh. No problem. So the auto-enrolment pension scheme that was such fanfare about, is that still going ahead? Yes, uh, the auto-enrolment is going ahead. And the reasons that you've outlined, uh, half people have no pension at all, uh, 65% among the self-employed. And really, it's one of those things that no amount of tax incentives has, has been able to encourage people to do the right thing. So now they have to do it, the, the kind of the, the stick approach rather than the carrot. So auto enrollment is coming in uh, 2022. Uh, all it'll mean really is that anybody who's who's in work or starting work will have a deduction made automatically out of their wages or salaries that be put by into a ring fence pension for them. It's a really, really good idea 
Now, it's going to take probably at least a decade or two before it all spins out in the wash and we, we can check its success and see, did it work? Um, the other alternative is just to keep jacking up the state pension. But really, it's much, much better to have people take their own responsibility. And remember, with auto enrolment, your employer has to put in the same amount. So the taxman is putting in some, the employer is putting in some and the employee is putting in some. So together, it's like a bundled investment uh, and it should go some way at least to alleviating the problems that are going okay. to be stacked up in the future with Just it. Just two quick ones. Uh, Eamon, Aidan and Roscommon, I'm 60 this year. I have five years contributions left to make. How will this current crisis affect my retirement day? Is there anything I can do? Surely, if you're on the COVID payment, it acts as a full credit, as if you made a contribution. Yeah. So, well, leaving just, just the COVID payment aside, he's five years to retirement. So um, he the equities at the moment, the equity market or whatever portion of his pension is in equities will have taken a hit at the moment. I would absolutely urge him not to go and get too worried about it and absolutely not to stop paying into the pension or to move it into cash or anything like that. That's a terrible idea. Because actually what all that's happened now is that the markets, which hate uncertainty, uh, are pricing in uh, falls because things like airlines, things like telecoms companies, things like retailers are all out of business at the moment. Uh, but that will fix. It is a short term thing. I would say the best thing you can probably do at the moment is ring your fin- your financial advisor, your broker, your pension provider and say, look, just give me an idea of how much my pension fund is worth and give me an idea of what it will be worth in five years time when I retire. Now, they have to do that legally every year anyway. So whoever's in charge of his pension will be writing to him. But it's a good idea just to get some control over it and a handle over it. My encourage, I rang my own broker uh, earlier just to, to kind of have a, that same conversation. And interestingly enough, I didn't ask him how much my pension was worth because I don't want that information. I don't want to get that fright. What I wanted to know was, should I actually put my contribution in early while the markets are cheap, buying cheap equities rather than waiting to the October uh, tax deadline? So actually, it can be a good opportunity to put money okay. into a pension. All right. I, I've lots more questions which I can't reach on on this occasion. No doubt we will return to this. Sinead Ryan, presenter of The Home Show here on News Talk, columnist with INM. Thank you for being our consumer expert on pensions today. Up next in the business news, more oil storage problems. 